Welcome to Military Metal Podcast. My name is Sean. Sightblinder, welcome everybody. So, it's going to be the first episode. Um, we've been thinking of this for two days. I thought it was a nice idea. I, I was always going to say, we've been thinking this for months, you know. We've been planning this for years. No. <laughs> no, no, this came all bad in the last 18 hours. Yeah, like... <laughs> literally, like, like 8 o'clock, like 8 o'clock last night. Nothing wrong with that, though. It's, it's a nice idea. But, um... So, we're both metalheads. We've both been listening to metal for most of our life. I've been listening since I was, like, six. My biggest influence on my metal taste was my older brother. He always used to, uh, used to listen to Archetype and that kind of stuff up in the, in the attic. Um, uh, let me see. Yeah. Let me see with me. It's, let me see. The, the first heavy metal song I ever heard in my life was riding in the car with my mother swapping radio stations, and I caught Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Oh, that's good. That's actually pretty good. And, and been into it ever since. <laughs> and the only thing I've done is gotten heavier. Yeah, exactly. We both love metal. We've both surfed. We've both surfed alongside the military. Me in Portugal, you in the States. Yep. We share that in common, mainly. I think it was very interesting that... The difference between US metal and European metal. Because you are listening to a lot of underground US bands, where I listen to a lot of European underground bands. That's kind of what got us talking. And we started developing kind of a friendship out of that. Because metal is for everyone. Let's be realistic. Metal is for everyone. So, with the whole pandemic going on the last 18 months now, I think? 18, 19 months? How does it, how, yeah, how does it have... Has, how does it has, Wow, English is hard today. <laughs> so how has it affected uh, metal and music in the States for you guys? It's affected a lot, really. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, even in Europe, a lot of the bands over there, a lot of the big touring bands, whether they come out of, you know, Sweden, England, um, Ukraine or whatever, you know, music is their lifestyle. So touring is what they do. That's how they make their living. That is their job. And then all of a sudden you're you know, you get a pandemic that hits, it shuts everything down, it shuts uh, commerce down, it shuts the economy down, uh, schools. And all of a sudden, it's, you're in a band and you've got no way to make money. So, I mean, th this has affected the livelihoods of musicians around the world, not just in the States, in Europe. It, it's affected it everywhere. So, so it's like, exactly. you know, it like, what do you do? It's like, you, you've got no way to make money now. Yeah, exactly. And I, a lot of bands actually have, like, a lot of band members have moved over to Twitch. Like, streaming has become a big thing among dumb music artists, especially metalheads. A lot of them has moved yeah. over to streaming. Um, the one thing I think is very interesting, so we're slowly coming out of this pandemic. Very slowly. Like, I put a very big emphasis on that. We still got some variants going around. People are still being vaccinated. God bless for vaccinations. A lot of people might not believe in it. I think it's a good it's a good thing. It makes it possible to go back to concerts eventually. Like I I, I miss going to concerts. Like heads yeah, down. Me too. But I mean it's like in the way I mean the way I look at it on vaccines is you know, you serve in the military, it's like especially the US military. I don't know how it is in the, the Portuguese military, but the US military shoots you up with every damn vaccine known to man. If you can survive I mean, if you can survive MREs and like fucking mess hall food, you're pretty much immune to anything. If you can survive the anthrax vaccine series, oh, God. you can survive anything. And I've got all six of those. Fuck me, I only was given three. Oh. Well, you're lucky. The three, the the first three of the anthrax series is 
the main vaccination. The yeah. last three are boosters. Yeah, exactly. I, I only got free. Like, I, I, it's free. I was like, that's enough. No, no more. Fuck that. <laughs> oh god, that the the third shot of that series knocks you out. It was, knocks you it, out. I was deployed on the USS Enterprise. We were mm -hmm. in the middle of the Persian Gulf, get, and I got that series, and is like. You know, it's like you get the first two, and it's like they shoot you up, and it's like all of a sudden my arm goes on fire for about forty-five seconds, and I'm yeah. just like, yeah, okay, this way. They shot me over that third one, and it put me on the deck. Oh, I was God, on yeah. the deck, clutching my arm. I was in so much pain. Yeah, it is. It's rough. It's why they give. So I hear Portugal, they give you a painkiller with it. They give you like a morphine shot with it. Because they know how much it hurts. They give you yeah, a morphine they shot with it. No, they don't, they don't do that here in the states. They just said, "Here you go, <laughs> suck it up, bitch, <laughs> suck it up." Now, what I think is interesting is like, so slowly stuff is coming back. So festivals are coming back, concerts are coming back. I know in the Netherlands currently, so where my family lives, um, there is now a test policy. So when you want to enter, you get to get tested before you can enter the venue. I'm not sure how it's going in the US right now, or you just guys just allowed to enter, or what's going on there? It depends. It depends on the venue. It depends on the band too. Um, for example, um, I don't know if you heard about this one, uh, Foo Fighters have mm -hmm. they've got a i can't remember where the concert is too but this made like a lot of big headline news especially on twitter and stuff where dave grohl was when he announced the tour for the uh, the show is like you know normal tickets if you're vaccinated are you know like 75 100 dollars for you know good seats good pit tickets yeah, and everything of course of course if, but if you're unvaccinated we're charging you a thousand dollars excuse me you fucking what <laughs> yeah uh, I'll shoot you the link to it later, but uh, like here in Texas, though, I mean, Texas is pretty much the, the governor of Texas has said, "Fuck you, we're we're opening." Yeah, and yeah, I, heard about I mean, that. Like, there's very little restrictions going on here in the Texas, and a lot of the venues are starting to open up. So it's like, I mean, there, there, there's so many venues for for music in general here in Dallas, especially in Dallas. I mean, you've got like um, the Deep Ellum section, which has you know, set of bars, clubs, and everything. And it's got live music pretty much every weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can find anything from rock to R&B to rap to country. You can find everything in a, you know, a three-block area. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you've got, like, the Big House of Blues uh, in downtown. Um, the uh, the Fairgrounds, which is, I, I've, God knows, I've seen so many concerts at the Fairgrounds here mm -hmm. with its 20,000-seat uh, open-air stadium. Uh, there's a new one over on the other side of the city now that, the uh, Toyota Music uh, Plaza over in Irving, mm -hmm. which is it's, it's uh, a lot of the big bands are starting to move over to that one because it's slightly bigger. It's not in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I it's got you. much easier traffic areas. But there's like so, I mean, there's a lot of big tour. There's two big <laughs> tours coming to that one in the next few months. Mm -hmm. One of them being the uh, the I think they're calling it the greatest metal tour of the states right now, and it's um, a co-headline tour between uh, Megadeth and Lamb of God. Oh, that's actually uh, that's with, good. That could be a yeah. really nice one. It also has a uh, trivium, and I believe in flames is is the opener. That's 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 some four big good names. That are big yeah. names that could be really nice. So the thing for me is like we're slowly opening up. Um, Portugal just opened up completely, and we're seeing the repercussions of it sadly, um, because people are being stupid. Let's be realistic. People are like, oh, we don't need masks anymore, and shit's going downhill again. Um, but at the same place right now, it's it's interesting for me because. Um, Vargos has been cancelled for this year. Vargos has moved from 2021 to 2022, which I'm kind of upset about. Vargos Metal Fest is a big-ass Portuguese metal fe festival, um, but it's normally every year in the Vargos region. It's open air, it's really cool. Sadly, it's being moved again. Now, 
I know that Eminem Marif is going to be in the Netherlands somewhere in August. Which I'm, of course, excited about. But by the time, I'm not back in the Netherlands yet. So I'm officially, I'm moving back to the Netherlands in September. Maybe a bit earlier. It depends on how the situation with the with the, uh, the COVID pandemic is going here. I want to go to Eminem Marif. You know, I'll pay good, good money for that shit. But at the same time, you sit there, you're thinking like, do I want to risk it? Even if you have a vaccine. You know what I mean? Because let's be realistic. This will never go away. It will always be around. No, you, it, it's a virus. You cannot eradicate it. No, exactly. It's a, it, you can control it, but you can't eradicate it. Mm -hmm. So, how has it affected some of the bands that you know? Uh, well, I mean, it's like... Hell, I mean, it, it's affected every band. Um, Trivium is, you know really one of the bigger ones in the states right now uh it, and it's funny because they actually got bigger in europe before they got big in the states it's like they mm -hmm. were real real big in england i i, I heard of, i heard about trivium when i was 15 16 so that's about nine to ten years ago that's when i heard about trivium that's when i started listening yeah uh the first time i ever heard of trivium or even saw them was when uh, i went and saw uh back in 2008 when i went and saw slipknot for the first time they were the opener it mm -hmm. was a slip, and a, you you want a weird lineup for like just different styles mm -hmm. meshing. It was a three band tour. It was Trivium, Coheed and Cambria, and then Slipknot. <laughs> so <laughs> That's you, went, interesting you went, choice. you went, yeah, you went from extreme heavy with Trivium to lightly Adam's Family cousin it with Coheed and Cambria, and then to just straight punch you in the fucking face with Slipknot. And this was in an, a, an open air stadium down in Corpus Christi, Texas, about. Eight, about 10 hours south of where I mm -hmm. live right now. And that was the first time I had ever heard of Trivium. Um, but Trivium is one of the bands, especially Matt Heafy, um, that really is like took the pandemic by the storm with Twitch. Um, he was on Twitch before all this started. What's like, the what, 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 started... Twitch about, may I ask? Uh, Matthew K. Heafy. Matthew K. Heafy. So if you guys want to check him out, he's actually on Twitch. Go on Oh, I can give you a whole bunch of people that are on Twitch. I'd have to find some of their names. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's, it's came with a subject anyway, so let's put him in yeah. there immediately. Let's give him some of that love, you know? Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's like he started, he, he's the first real big metalhead. Him and Herman Lee from Dragon Force are the two, are the first two big um, metal, you know, musicians to really jump into Twitch. I think Herman started a little bit before Matt, but Matt's the one that took off. And he started using it as a way for their touring. Also, he got. Um, Sponsored by uh, by uh, Aces Republic of Gamers, mm -hmm. and they gave him a a streaming backpack, and he would take it on tour with him. Oh, so it's cool. like like all their tours in the states, all their tours in Europe. He was live streaming them for free on his Twitch channel. That's really cool. That's actually really yeah. fucking cool. And you get a really yeah. nice view as well because you get it from his perspective. Let's be realistic. You get it from his perspective, technically. No, you you weren't getting it from his perspective. Um, he he never held it. It's like it would oh, be. No, um, if it was in the states, uh, his wife was doing it, and she'd be up like in the back of the like back where the sound people were. Mm -hmm. uh, there'd be people. There's like a couple of the drum, um, the couple of the guitar and drum techs would wear it from side stage. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, so that way Matt could focus on playing guitar because it's like that back. You, you can't really wear a backpack yeah, with a guitar heavy, strap yeah. on. It's, it's heavy. <laughs> oh, like it's it's gonna conflict with your guitar strap. It's 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 cool. it's problematic. I think that in the way the way Matt makes... likes to bounce. around. Yeah, the way Matt likes to bounce around too, you'd be yeah. you'd get a headache. Yeah, but but after the pandemic hit, is like he, he really started, you know, focusing more on, on his Twitch channel. 
So either playing is like most of the time he he streams twice a day. He streams at uh, nine o'clock and two o'clock, mm-hmm. and these, these are Eastern times. Um, and it's a mix of music and video games. Um, and now that he is like once he really started going over, he got the other members of Trivium into it. Uh, Alex, the drummer, is into it. Uh, Palo is big into it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey, Corey was for a little while. He, he hasn't been live in a in a long time, but um, they. You know, Trivium's the one that really started that, and now you've got, I mean, hell, Herman Lee from Dragon Force live-streamed the making of the entire last um, Dragon Force album in studio. Mm-hmm. They, they streamed it live from the studio. Um, but it was like, let me see who, it's like uh, Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park is on Twitch. Oh, yeah, no, Mike Shinoda, I know. Like, Mike, I know he's on Twitch. Not just that, I think it's really interesting that, okay, so, rest in peace, Chester. Like, let's be real, it's still very sad that he passed away. Um, oh yeah, like it's it's a big loss to the to the metal and rock community in general, you know, losing losing someone like that. But uh, Mike moved on quite strongly, you know, with the rest of the band. You know, they make the best out of it. Um, one thing I think it's interesting is Mike himself. And I just wanted to be great that, that move away from metal for a second. Mike, of course, is also a rapper. Oh yeah, he is known as just Fort Minor, which I think is interesting. A lot of people do not know that. Mike Shinoda is Fort Minor. Um, his rap music is pretty fucking good. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I like his stuff. But one thing I've noticed is that, um, Mike streams about how many times a week nowadays? He's usually around three to four, pretty steady. If you don't have, if you don't know, if, like, who Mike Shinoda is, go check him out on Twitch. Like, definitely worth it. You, you'll appreciate it. Yeah, um, Twitch, twitch.tv official Mike Shinoda. Yeah. Like you, you will you will be happy. Like it's a great place to hang out when you just want to jam, relax. You know, it's a great place to be. But one thing I've noticed more and more is that Mike is slowly going more and more back to Linkin Park style music. Have you noticed that yourself? Uh, honestly, not really because I haven't been watching him a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, Linkin Park is really what helped make Mike Shinoda famous, especially from from their first album because. Oh. You know, really before Linkin Park, um, the, the only band that really kind of brought any kind of rap into the metal scene at the time was Korn. Oh, Korn. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> like, like, I mean, you know, Anthrax, Anthrax did it with mm-hmm. uh, with Run DMC back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, is but Korn really brought it in uh, to a lot of their music, especially on, like, Follow the Leader. It's oh, like, there's yeah. There's a lot of a lot of rapping. You got Children of the Corn with Ice Cube and Follow the Leader. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he did a lot of the stuff with with uh, Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit. But I mean, I mean, Fred and that crap doesn't really, you know, compare to what Mike Shinoda could do. Mike yeah. Shinoda actually could rap. <laughs> yeah. Like, so the thing is with Linkin Park. If we go back to Linkin Park for a second, so we had Hybrid Fairy, the very first album, which was a good fucking album. Let's be realistic. Yeah, it was a good fucking top album. Top to bottom. Then we had Meteora, also a baller album. Minutes to Midnight, where they went a little bit softer, and they also made that soundtrack for the Transformers movie. Uh, mm-hmm. What I've done, um, A Thousand Suns, which I also very much appreciate. It was a good album. Living Things, uh, The Hunting Party, and One More Light is where it got a little weird. It it got very strange. It wasn't what you're used to from Linkin Park. Yeah, you know what I mean? Kind of like what Metallica, like what Metallica did in the nineties. Uh, yeah, exact, exact. Then we have the live albums, Live in Texas. Okay, that's one of the first ones I ever saw of theirs. It's fucking 10 out of 10. If you've never seen Live in Texas, I highly recommend it. You'll fucking enjoy it. Road to Revolution. Uh, Live at the Milton Can- Canies. 
I'm not a big fan of it. I want more light, light life, also not. They made two remix albums, which was Recharged and Reanimation. Not familiar with those. Reanimation was pretty decent. Recharged, I did not. Uh, Reanimation was with uh, some bigger DJs and everything in there. Um, then we, of course, had the the collaboration with JC, Collision Course. Mm -hmm. Which was pretty fucking good. Like, seriously, it's good. And of course, they did a fuck ton of uh, LPs in the ground, you know, singles, like One Step Closer in 2000, with Crawling and Peppercut in the end of 2001, Points of Authority in 2020, uh, 2020, 2002, Paint, Numb in 2003, From the Inside, and Breaking the Habit and Numb and Encore with JC in 2004, uh, What I've Done, Bleed Out, and Shadow of the Day 2007, Given Up, and Leave Out the Rest 2008, uh, New The Fight for a Transformer Movie again 2009, The Catalyst. The Catalyst is a very underrated song. Yeah. I'm not sure if you ever heard of it, the, the, the Catalyst song. I've heard of it. So, the song is mainly about what happens in war and how it affects people. <laughs> and of course, we both have seen it firsthand with Dusty. You see it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's rough. It's not easy. Nobody will ever... They can talk about it, but you'll never truly understand. And it's as sad as it sounds, even as a vet, it's extremely hard to understand. Yeah, yeah, you, sh you should have been there just, to know it. Yeah, unless you've been in theater, you can't figure. You you have no clue what actually goes on in theater. The, the, and I mean, it, and I mean, the it, it even works inside the military mm -hmm. too. Because yeah, exactly. I'm 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 Navy, so I'm offshore. But when it's I'm like, Army, you, I'm boots on the ground. Yeah, but however, when you are even been on a carrier, when you sit there and load airplanes up with, you know, five hundred thousand, two thousand pound bombs. And you watch those planes take off and then come back empty, it starts going into the back of your head. Did I just load something that just killed somebody? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then we have another song that is really close to my heart from Lincoln Park, Castle of Glass. Yeah, it's another good, another real, real good one. It's a very, it, it's one that really hits you at the heart because if you've been in the military or you know somebody who's been in the military, it will translate extremely well to you. Yeah, it's like I mean, if you're, if you're talking like songs like that that are real close to your heart, I mean, neither of these, neither of these two songs, are are based on military, but they're based more on uh, personal experiences mm -hmm. of the lead. Exactly. Uh, one being "Hollow" by Pantera, mm -hmm. which is a uh, uh, "Hollow" is about a very close personal friend of Philip Anselmo's who, through uh, drug use, went into a coma. And it was just about his experiences on that. The other being Suicide Note Part 1. Which, anybody yeah. that knows Pantera, it's like, if you ever hear Suicide Note Part 1, the moment you hear the song, you will not even associate it with Pantera. It is so soft. Yeah, exactly. There's another band, or at least lead singer, that I know that has a song really based on their personal experience. Uh, Ivan L. Greening. Apologize. Mm. Yeah. Um, he went through a very bad addiction. Went to rehab to fix it. Got back into that addiction and went back to rehab. You know, um, champagne is a good reflection on that on that whole situation. And apologize is his, his song, his tribute to that, which I think is honestly amazing. Like I love Five Finger Death Punch. I love the band. I love what they make as music. I, I like what they support. Exactly. Uh, that's what I'm I mean. wrong. I love I love their music too. <laughs> but it's like. A but I mean, it's like, it's like take, take an entire listen to, uh, go back and listen to Korn's uh, self-titled uh, first album. The entire album. 
is nothing but shit Jonathan Davis went through growing up. Exactly. It's like it's especially the last song on the album. Listen to the song Daddy. Now, Daddy is a very personal song to Jonathan Davis. It was about basically being um, sexually assaulted by an uncle uh, yeah. when he was little and nobody believing him. And if you listen to the entire song at the very end, they're still recording and you can hear him break down and actually leave the recording studio. Exactly. Like it's, it's like a lot of people don't understand people. Okay. So there's a big um, stereotype around metal. We both know it. Like there's a big stereotype. It's like, oh, you worship the devil or it's only screaming. It's not true. People, no, people need to even, people need to understand close. that metal. A lot of artists that make metal are fucking geniuses. Let's be realistic here for a moment. These people have gone through some horrible shit in their life, and the way that they resolved it was through music. Exactly. Like they express their emotions, pain, suffering through music, which is yeah, some... honestly very smart. It's a very good way of coping with something. Yeah. I mean, it's like people people cope with pain through different ways. Some people write. Some mm -hmm. people, you know, do weird things like dancing or stuff like that. You know, some people take up uh, sports shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, you know, I've done plenty of that. You know, and then, and but musicians, they take it up through their music. Whether it be, you know, I mean, drums, bass, guitar, vocals, even keyboard. It doesn't matter. It's just that that's the way they get their music out. Mm-hmm. A perfect example of that one is, um, and I mean, this is not even rock and roll. It's um, uh, Jimmy Buffett and Jim Crochet, uh, you know, kind of alternative rock guys from the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like all of their music is because it's like, um, crap, I can't think of the name. It's a Jim Crochet song. Or actually, no, it may have been Jimmy Buffett. I don't know. But it's like, it, it was basically trying to say, I he was basically trying to say, um, I love you to his wife, but he had no, he didn't know how to say it. Yeah, exactly. So he wrote a, he wrote a song about it. So he says, I guess I'll have to say I love you in a song. And that was the, that was the entire song. It was literally a love letter to his wife. Yeah. Some artists do that... it. Not all artists do it, but there's a lot of artists that do it actually, which I think is very interesting because a lot of metal heads and a lot of artists that make metal have gone through some shit. Let's be realistic. They have gone through some shit. Yeah. But a lot of them are still going through it. Yeah, exactly. Um, for example, the lead singer of Five Finger Death Punch, he still goes through that uh, demonization that he's being given because of his former addiction. You know what I mean? Rammstein yeah. also still suffers from it. They still call it a neo-Nazi band, which is not true. Rammstein likes to... Okay, so let me point something out. A lot of people say Rammstein is neo-Nazi because they make a lot, a lot of music like because it's German-related. You know what the irony in that is? All members, almost every member from Rammstein are East Germans, former Kumblock. Yeah, they, they had to, uh, they, I mean, I know Till was a basket weaver in East Germany. Um, Richard, Richard escaped East Germany mm -hmm. and ended up going back to recruit Till. So I think, I think Ollie did the same thing. But I, it, what is also, what's also ironic about Rammstein is people, you know, like to, because they can't understand the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't understand three quarters of the lyrics because I don't speak German. Mm -hmm. But it's like if you actually look up the the, the actual translations of their lyrics, it's mostly poetry. It is, and it's really like, it's really interesting because, for example, um, a very good example of that is the recent song Deutschland got a lot of hate because yeah. they depicted the Holocaust. 
in the yeah. video clip. But in the whole video clip, if you look at the video clip, they're depicting big historical events that happened in Germany. They want to say, hey, we are Germany. We know what we've done. You know, we fucked up. But we have more than just the Holocaust. Yeah, it's like you got more than the Holocaust. You've got more than the, the Third Reich. It's, mm -hmm. it's they're Basically, it's like they're saying this is the history of Germany. We don't run away from the good or the bad. This, exactly. is the, this is the history of Germany. We can't change that. Well, when we're on the topic of Rammstein, Rammstein concerts. <laughs> we could talk, we could talk, we can make an entire podcast on Rammstein concerts. They're fucking top tier. Yo, Let's be realistic. God. Definitely one of the heart craziest live shows I've ever seen in my life. So currently Definitely it's July 3rd. <laughs> yeah, like, so that's, currently it's July 3rd. So we got some concerts actually coming up. Oh, okay. yeah. So, in 2022, they already have announced their, their, their tour. Mm -hmm. They're going to Prague, Leipzig, Klagenfurt, Zurich, Berlin. You know, they're going through all of Germany. And then, they're coming to North America in August of 2022. Montreal, yep. Minneapolis, uh, Philadelphia, Chicago, East Riverford, New York, uh, Foxborough, Boston, San Antonio, two times Los Angeles, and three times Mexico City. Yep. If you have a chance to go see them, go for it. <laughs> Good luck getting tickets. Most uh, of these shows are from their canceled 2020 um, tour. So most of these shows are still already sold out. No, actually, I'm looking at the tickets right now. There are still a lot of tickets available. Uh, Montreal, the only ones that are sold out are two Mexico cities. Oh, interesting. The rest are still all available. So so is Los Angeles, San Antonio, Foxborough, East Riverford. They're all still available. So definitely, if you can, you have the money for it, you can financially afford it, fucking go for it. It's yeah. up there. The pyromania, the pyrotechnics, the pyromania that comes out of it is beautiful. I mean, it's just the, the entire show is beautiful because, I mean, it's not just the pyro. I mean, it's just the, the way their stage setup is done. It's all customized stage setups. Everybody knows where their place is. It's, it's from start to finish, it is a it's not about the music that just goes on at a Rammstein concert. It's the entire experience. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like going to a it's like going to a movie with really good surround sound. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I am actually hoping on a new album from Rammstein. I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. I am hoping uh, for another album. There's rumors going around. They've been working on one. That'd be really cool. Because of course you have Rammstein and then you have Lindemann, which is of course the main lead singer to Lindemann, his own band. He also has yeah, a secondary group on there. Um, which I know recently released something, if I remember correctly. Uh, let me check 100% quickly, uh, quickly. Because if I remember correctly, they did make another band, another band, another song. Uh... Yeah, Stay Alf. Stay Alf, Home Sweet Home, and Blut. Um, Alle Fresse and Preserabot when they were in Moscow in 2021. And to, answer your, and to answer your earlier question, throughout 2020, Rammstein was in the studio. They were? Yep. Ooh, that'd be really interesting. I would love... No, no release date yet. Ooh, I would love another album from them, honestly. So I got into Rammstein when I was... I'd say nine. Around eight, nine, when my older brother was listening to it. I would always hang out with him when he listened. I didn't understand shit from him. Of course, later on in life, I, of course, learned German. And she learned what they were singing, singing about. Um, no, definitely, I would love another 
album from them. Same with Lindemann. I would love another album. I, yeah, I miss I, that. I, I miss that kind of metal in my life. Now, upcoming is of course Sabaton. It's coming back on tour. Mm-hmm. Yep, they are. They're starting off. They're coming back to the states to redo the tour that was supposed to happen last year with uh, Judas Priest. Uh, that's coming around um, in the next couple of months. I believe it starts uh, in August. August, August correct. August fourth. And, and then coming around to Europe at the beginning of next year. Actually, no. Um, let me correct. My, let me correct myself. Um, they are starting in Serbia on July 9th in uh, the Petrovarin Fortress. On August 20th, they're in the Czech Republic. And then September 8th, they start in the States. And Philly. In uh, Reading. Yep. Danville, Orlando, Charlotte, Raleigh, uh, Grand Rapids, and Youngtown. I know they're uh, also coming to Texas, too. Let me check Texas. Texas. No, no Texas. I know they are. I've already got Yeah, no, no, already, I know. Uh, Dallas, know. yeah. Austin and Dallas and San Antonio. Yep. October 12th, 13th, and 15th. In the Freeman yep. Coliseum, the Heat, the Hap Center, H-A-B, and then the Pavilion of the Toyota Music Factory. Yep, that's a that's the one in Dallas. That's Irving. So we both love Sabaton. <laughs> Who doesn't? That's, that's an understatement. But so one thing, I I am a huge history buff. I got my degree in history. Uh, I know that uh, Blinder is a big fan of history as well. Um, yep. What what was your first song from Sabaton that pulled you in? Sad enough, this is going to sound so bad because they've been around, you know, since the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. I had not heard of them until The Last Stand. Oh, really? I had never heard them um, because I, I've got I've got a satellite radio here here in the States. Mm -hmm. And when the, the first single off the last off the, the last stand was The Last Stand about mm -hmm. the, um, well, that's you, you know, oh, the, 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 the Swiss Guard. Yeah, the Swiss Guards, yeah, the Swiss Guards, sorry. Yeah, yeah, and um, the heavy metal station on Sirius XM would play that song constantly, and I just fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I started looking up more on them and more on them, and, I, you know, I found, I'm like, son of a bitch, this is like, they've been around for, like, 15-plus years, and I've never heard of these guys. And now there's not an album they have that I don't own in some form or fashion. So <laughs> I was 15 when I first heard of them. Years. Uh, my first album from Sabaton was The Art of War, and the song that pulled me in, it's gonna sound really dumb, Ghost Division. No, no, Ghost Division is a monster. That's the first song that pulled me in. Um, then, of course, I went to want to see him live, uh, and I just fell in love with the band. It's it's two things I love. Heavy metal music, power metal in that, in that sense, um, yeah. and history. Stories exactly. that are being told that a lot of people do not know. Not like video games nowadays that's banned history. <laughs> Battlefield 5. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Most Call of Duties. <laughs> Call of Duty is sometimes quite still historically accurate, at least some of them. But then you have Battlefield what? 5, where they had uh, two Norwegian women take out and the entire heavy water plant of uh, Norway. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Bad. Uh, but it's just like, in that sense, it's like they make a lot of good songs. Um, I am expecting a new album soon. To be real honest, I am expecting a new album. Uh, they released Livgarten, Rogart, recently. Yep, and they, they released, have released um, Defense of Moscow. 
Yep, and they've got another one out too, I believe. Oh, how they have they now? Let's have a look. I think there's. I think they. I think they got a third one out. Um, I do not see any. Nope. Defense of Moscow was the recent one. Yeah, I knew that was the last one, but I thought there was. Uh, hold on. Yeah, latest release is about as the defense of Moscow. So live guard, royal guard, and defense of Moscow. Yes. Lithgarten is literally meaning Royal Guard in Swedish. Yeah. It was literally the same song but from Swedish to English. So like the, the same thing I did with the... Um, what's the album called again? The uh, Corollas Rex album. Yeah. The Carol English Rex. and the Swedish version. I prefer the Swedish version personally. I don't understand Swedish, so... It sounds <laughs> great. It's like like the, the, the flow of it in Swedish sounds better than English. Yes, but exactly. But I like English because I actually, you know, because I can understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You understand what the fuck you're saying. I got you. No, um, but like, it, it gets me very excited. Like, two new songs in about a month's time, you know? Normally, like, falls back on saying, hey, guys, we're going to release a new album soon. Like, Joachim yeah, yeah. is fucking a great vocalist. Oh, he's an amazing vocalist. Let's, let's be realistic, his knee hates him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the amount of times he slaps his knee on concerts, his knee I, hates he, him. He he doesn't. He doesn't slap it near as much as Teal from Rammstein. No, that is true. I wonder from who he's and, got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I know where where Joaquin got that from. Yeah, <laughs> he um, got it from Teal. Like, Teal beats the crap out of himself. <laughs> little fun fact, maybe a lot of people don't know. The drummer of Sabato, uh, I'm not sure if they still are together. Uh, is together with the lead singer of Nightwish. I don't know. Or yeah. Uh, as far as I remember, let's see. Tori Janssen. She's Dutch. But so he's yeah, one of the... All, yeah, yeah, she's, also... she's still, yeah she, she's still together with uh, Hannes van Dahl. Sabaton Jar. Oh. Yeah. Yep. They're still together. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's... It's, it's interesting, because yeah. a lot of people don't know that. They think, like, oh, she's probably with some random... No, no, like, a lot of metal bands... Their lead singers or female and male artists are together. Yeah. How do you think it's so much amazing music? Ooh, talk about Sabaton. I think one of the best crossovers they ever done is with uh, Apocalyptica. Throw your if I didn't say it correct. No I might have fucked that one up. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. I might have fucked this one up. No, it's correct. Uh, Sabaton Apocalyptica, Angels Are Calling. Ah, yeah. Which was honestly an amazing song. Hands down. Yep. It's like, and what I love about Sabaton is, you know, they've got their history. It's like, I mean, I mean, they, they span, you know, Swedish history. I mean, it's like their last album, The Great War, is all about World War One. I. I mean, and, and, I mean, they went from the U.S. side, the German side... Um, the English side. They, they covered all aspects of it. There's a song, but, there's a song but, that's really controversial with them. It's called Talk About the History. Um, it's called The Final Solution. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's you, very, any, it's very much knows. ridiculed by a lot of people. But if well, you yeah, actually, they, they, if, yeah, if you actually know the story behind it, you'd look completely different at it. Well, and that's the problem. That's one of the problems with people today is they see the name Final Solution, and everyone knows that that was the the German code name for the Holocaust. Exactly. So it, they they automatically go with they're speaking about the Holocaust in a good sentence. They're not. <laughs> no, they're not. 
We're talking about what, what, how it affected people. What mm-hmm. happened during the Holocaust. And a lot of people it's forget that. It's the same thing with the uh, the Slayer song, Angel of Death. Exactly. Everyone immediately thinks, you know, it's like Angel of Death. They're talking about Satan or whatever. It's like, listen to the damn lyrics. They're talking about Joseph Mendel, the Angel of Death, the freaking Nazi doctor. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that. Like, don't get me wrong. I have no offense. Like, a lot of people, like, they look at names and immediately judge to it. There is a term for that. Don't judge a book by its cover. People need to exactly. remember themselves that. Stop just judging music. My main issue with a lot of metal hats, like, I wear metal shirts constantly. I love my shirts. Oh. It's I, something I gotta, like, It's something we metal heads pride ourselves. Like, like yeah, it's, what we, gotta, it's what we pride ourselves on. Yeah, I got my great tour shirt on right now. Yeah, like I was like, yeah, like, we pride ourselves on our metal shirt. It's how we identify ourselves. It's also how we identify each other. When we see yeah. another metal artist, walk, like somebody else with a metal shirt walking, except Metallica, I'll explain to you in a minute why, um, we greet each other. This is what we do. You know, yeah. we say, hey, dude, cool shirt. You know what I mean? Then you know, be, be hey, careful. it's a fellow metalhead. Yeah, be careful walking around with a Slayer shirt. Yeah, they're a bit iffy. No, no, no. You, you know they're what? That, he, they're a bit loud. Is what they are. You, you know what the number one hated shirt design on the market is by people? What? Venom. Because there's six 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 pentagrams, the devil's head, everything on it. So when I when I was like a teen, right? I had a Venom hoodie. And I walked through a predominantly religious town. Can you imagine how I was looked at? Like I, I, I'm from the southern United States. I'm in the middle of what they, what we call the Bible Belt. <laughs> Bible Belt. Yeah, that's what that's what the most no. of the big ring of the southern United States is because it's real big uh, Baptist religion. Oh God. And they, they are the ones that really is like, they, they really like to come after uh, heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, when I saw Pantera back in 2001, mm-hmm. here in Dallas. Uh, there were so many people outside while we were, you know, while we were waiting for the the uh, the gates to open and everything, and there were just all these preachers out there just bitching at us about, you know, trying to preach sermons to us about going to hell and all that. And I, I felt sorry for those people because we honestly we fucked with them. We fucked with them hard. Yeah, but look, look, look that's the main issue. Like a lot of people don't understand. So going back on the Metallica thing, so. Metallica is originally a metal band. Let's be realistic, they were a metal band in the early times. The issue with Metallica is they have gone so... mainstream. They've gone commercial. Yeah, exactly. And It's a, it's a better term. Yeah, and so uh, if I see someone walk with a Metallica shirt, I cannot know if they were a metal hat, or if they were just wearing it because it says it's a nice shirt. You know what I mean? The, the, the best way to look at that one is, is try to look around at what their age is. Exactly. Um, like I see, got... I, I see teenage girls of like twelve or thirteen running around with a Metallica shirt. I'm like, no, you have not listened to Metallica. I'm sorry. So, it's like what you want to do is, especially if you're trying to do on that one, is is like look for you know somebody that's older or whatever, and they're, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be wearing a shirt from one of their first four albums: uh, yeah. Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, uh, Master of Puppets, or Justice for All. Yeah, exactly. From the better ones. Um, most. Those, I mean, those are their first four. Those are their best albums. But besides that, I mean, I still like the Black album too. But it was after the Black mm-hmm. album that things started really going mainstream with them. But the the younger Metallica crowd nowadays are wearing the newer shirts. You know, mm-hmm. stuff from like Death Magnetic, um, or stuff, or you know, even some of the '90s kids wearing stuff from like Load and Reload, or you know, uh, Garage Inc. 
Mm -hmm. but they're not going to really understand, you know, the shirts from, say, Master of Puppets. No. So that's usually where you can tell the metal the real Metallica crowd mm -hmm. at. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's very interesting to see that. Like, it's just... A lot of... I, I see a lot of teenagers walking metal shirts, right? Of bands that have commercialized. You know, Metallica is one of them. You know, and I see that really often. I look at it, I'm like... Do, do you wear it because you like it? Or do you know it because you like the music? Because we metalheads pride ourselves on that shirt. This is what we do. Our shirt is our kingdom. We, we, we get we get upset with our partners if they would steal our metal shirts. Yeah, I, I used to I used to always make jokes, and I still make this joke or whatever, that I do all my clothes shopping at concerts. Exactly! Like, 90% of my wardrobe is, are band black shirts. metal shirts. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're band shirts. And I think it's, it's interesting like, because, in the end of the day, like... So, this is a fun thing. So, my mother, right? My mother. She's a very open-minded individual. Okay? When I went to buy my first band shirts, my mom looked at me like, why do you want that? And I told her right in the face, I want to support the bands. Merch is a good way to support your band. Because, why, actually. because you, 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 you walk around with a shirt with their name on it, you know, a real cool image on it, that's going to draw eyes. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a walking advertisement. Exactly. But people don't understand that I had a shirt from Sabaton, yeah? It has multiple national flags on it. It also has the German eagle on it. You know what my mom's first response to that was? What's that? It's a Nazi shirt. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I've got, I, I don't have anything with the the German Eagle on it, but I've got uh, old Pantera shirts on it, and um, old Pantera shirts from the 90s, uh, they get a lot of looks at it because uh, Dimebag Daryl was famous for one of his guitars, one of his uh, washburns, mm -hmm. that had a Confederate battle flag on it. Oh yeah, that's going to draw some eyes in the States. Yeah, it draws eyes everywhere. And I'll still wear those shirts, not giving a flying shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so hmm, I think it's interesting. But that, that's another subject for another podcast. Oh, definitely. Though. That's definitely, like, I think merch and merchandise and how it's affected, like, music in general, I think is a very good subject for one of the podcasts in the future. I do have some other things that are coming up. I would want to have a look at the coming tours, actually, that are coming up. So we got some sure. festivals coming up. As we're going out, like, we're going open again. Festivals are finally coming back. Let's just... Preach yep. it to fucking Odin. We're getting festivals back. Like, we yep, haven't been able to go to any for a year. So, in... I'll, I'll speak one from Europe right now. Um, one that's more renowned. Uh, Bloodstock is coming back. In the UK. So, we're on Bloodstock. 2021 is coming back. Bloodstock. Nice. Which is great. It's amazing news. Okay? The lineup is... I wouldn't say superb. But not bad either. So we got uh, the poster on Catton Park, Devon Townsend, Skindred, The Wild Hearts, Dark Tranquility, uh, Svalbard, Lost Society, Creator, Paradise Lost, Ginger is coming, which I think is a great one to catch if you can catch them. Um, yeah, Judas get, Priest. I didn't get a chance to catch them in their last US tour. Mm -hmm. Judas Priest is coming. Glory Herring is coming. You know, So there are some decent names in that one. It's not the most amazing. So we also have Acid Rain coming. What else we got? Fellowship is coming. Gargantua is coming. Ghost of Atlantis is coming, which is nice. 
Uh, Napalm Death is also coming. Uh, let's see. Venom Prison is coming. And Riptide is coming. Those are the ones I'd say catch. But the headliners are Ginger, Judas Priest, and Creator. Those are the, the, the headliners for the, for Bloodstock this year. There you go. So how's the US yeah. looking? Um, believe it or not, the first big festival coming up is coming up in two weeks. Wow. Rockfest Rock Wisconsin. Uh, it's a little bit too farther north for me. It's um, July 15th to July 17th. Mm -hmm. And it's its lineup is actually somewhat good. Uh, there's a couple of entries in here that are like, you know, kind of make you shake your head. Because um, on Thursday, July 15th, the two big headliners are Rob Zombie and Stained. So you go from Aaron Lewis and Stained to Rob Zombie's theatrical show. <laughs> That's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, it's not as interesting, though, as as the next day, Friday, July 16th, which is being headlined by Limp Biscuit and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> that, I, 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 I got questions about that one. Me too. I like, how <laughs> What I want to know is how Limp Biscuit is headlining over Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's it like is you great. Got, you, you got an actual rapper against a, a wannabe rapper. <laughs> oh, that is great. And oh. then July 17th, the last day, is being headlined by Korn and Danzig. Ooh. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah. But you've also you've also got all that remains. Uh, Bad Wolves is going to be here. Uh, Avatar, oh, Bad Wolves definitely one you can, you should catch. Bad Wolves is good, very good. It, even though they're getting a, they have to get a new lead singer now. Yeah, okay, but they were very good. Let me say it that way then. Uh, Doc Coyle's an amazing guitarist. Mm. And what I mm -hmm. love about him is he broke the. He's one of the ones that broke the stereotype about black metal guitarist. Yeah, definitely. He, he's amazing. He is. He uh, is. But. Uh, Gemini Syndrome's gonna be there. Fozzie's gonna be there. Oh, Fozzie um, is coming. Yeah. Okay, so for people yeah. who don't know who Fozzie is, um, any wrestling fans out there, maybe? Fozzie, uh, lead singer is Chris Jericho, the former WWE and current AEW wrestler. And they make some yep. good fucking music. Definitely worth listening to. Very, very good music. And very different, too. Because mm -hmm. they're, they're heavy, but they're not heavy. Yeah, they're, 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 they're. they're I'd say making making new genre for soft metal. Yeah, they the way the way I kind of described Fozzy is their music is um, mid nineties uh, rock and roll with lyrics from the nineteen seventies. Yeah, kind of like that. The way, the way Jericho sings, he brings yeah. me back a lot of times from like like early Dio, um, mm -hmm. anything like Ryan James Dio, um, Deep Purple. You know, yeah, that's where Jer well, I guess Jericho. See. That's where he, that's where he gets his lyric, you know, style from. And it it works really good, mm -hmm. but now, that's 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 the first big tour that's coming up to the states. Um, after that, uh, hold on, I'm trying to click back on my browser. It's not being kind. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, in September is when you've got uh, September's got a bunch. It's got uh, Rocklahoma's in September. Uh, You're going Blue Ridge. Uh, I'm gonna try. If you about if you go, you gotta bring some pictures and footage back there. It's like we oh, want yeah. to see, we want to show it on the podcast. You know, like people yeah. want to see that. Like I would love to get some footage from that. Yeah. Maybe even introduce some people if you can. If I can even get close. Uh, after <laughs> that, you've got the, the Blue Ridge Rock Festival, which is four days later. Which and is that is Virginia. where? Virginia, okay. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of the lineup for that one, 
Uh, it's a lot still uh, TBA, but what they do have uh, listed so far is uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, definitely, Shine definitely Down. yes. Yeah, Shine Down, Kill Switch Engage. Yes. Uh, Testament, Beartooth, Body Count, which is a, another. I love Body Count. So you definitely recommend uh, Body Count. Oh yeah, it's like if you like the if you like the combination of metal and rap, I go with Body Count. I mean, yeah. the, the freaking lead singer's Ice T. So, uh, oh, Sabaton. Sabaton's actually labeled for this one, too. Oh, yeah, are they? That's actually a yeah. nice one. If you can go there and catch Sabaton, that's definitely... <laughs> what, what, are the, what are the ticket prices for that? Uh, hold on. Let me get back here. I I'm kind of curious that. about that, because I think maybe viewers, like listeners, viewers, uh, listeners would love to uh, know about that, because if people are in that region and want to catch one of those festivals, you can catch Sabaton on it. Sabaton kills with your gauge, popping your death punch. That would be worth the money, in my opinion. Okay, so the uh, multi-day passes are all sold out except the tier six, which are two hundred dollars a two hundred dollars a ticket. But that's a four-day pass. That's not bad uh, at all. That is cheap. No, uh, single-day passes um, are the only ones I've got left. Are the tier three and tier four, which are eighty-five and ninety-five dollars uh, a piece. But that's per yeah. day. Yeah, that's per day. If you're thinking of the tier six one, I say definitely do it. The tier six multi multi day pass. That for two hundred bucks, like in the Netherlands, you won't even be able to, to like get to one concert for one hundred fifty US like, euros. So that's about maybe one hundred seventy five USD. So that is definitely a, a taker. Yeah. It's definitely now, if you, now if you like for the states, if you like real hardcore hardcore stuff, um, in uh, let me just get the date of it. The uh, Metal and Beer Fest in Philadelphia, uh, September 25th and 26th. This is going to be a lot of real hardcore bands. What you you're got? Talking, you're talking uh, like Converge, Pig Destroyer, uh, Dead Guy, uh, Municipal Waste, Napalm Death. Napalm Death, I know. Yeah, Immolation, uh, Dead Guy. Yeah, those, so, are all, I mean, those are all really good bands. They're yeah, really hard stuff. Like if you're gonna go to hard. if you're gonna go to a festival like that, you, you expect a lot of kind of music. Expect yeah. that. Uh, the uh, the biggest one of those though, if you like if you like the death metal side of things, the uh, Maryland Death Fest, which is held every year up in Maryland, up in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm -hmm. That one is pure death metal. That's Unfortunately, they they do not have any of the lineups right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking back at Europe right now. So we got one in about 11 days, which is the Obscene's Extreme. Which is a Czech festival, uh, but there is no lineup. Sadly, it's in less than two weeks, but there's no lineup, so likely it's going to get cancelled. Sadly, then we got uh, Metal Days, but also no artists, uh, and this is in Slovenia. Uh, I'm looking now at the side. Yeah, there is no news about lineups or anything, which is kind of sad because there's a lot of nice festivals and there's just no info on them. Yeah. So we got Poland Rock, which we also again have no lineups on. Then we have, of course, Bloodstock, which is going to be August 11th till 15th, 2011. Uh, then we have Reading Festival in the UK. Now, Reading is more softcore stuff. If you're going to go there, expect more softcore stuff. So we got a Charlie XCX. Disclosure, Lewis Capaldi, uh, Liam Callagher, Machine Gun Kelly, Nothing But Thieves, Post Malone's gonna be there, uh, Queen of Stone Age, Sophie Tucker, 
Stormy Z, The Wombats, Two Door Cinema Club, pretty good band, and Wolf Alice. There are some names in there that I could say, like, hey, yeah, that'd be worth going for. And that is on, let's have a look, August 27th to the 29th in Reading, UK. Very interesting show. Yeah, there's a lot of good, like, a lot of softcore names, and then you have... You just sit there yeah, like... It's kind, of, it's kind of like an eclectic uh, mix. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so, anything you... else coming up? Um, yeah, we got one more coming up. Uh, that is on... That's Past Pop, so Easter Pop in the Netherlands. That's September 3rd till September 5th. Uh, normally, it's a pretty good lineup. Uh, what we got is Paul Kalkbrenner and a lot of Dutch, Dutch artists. Um, there are some others, like The Art of Pantera, The Fortunate Sons are coming... Um, the Slayer cover band, the Pink Floyd project are coming. So a lot of cover bands are coming. Um, nothing you'd say like, hey, yeah, fuck yeah, that's metal. It's a decent concert. If you get a nice ticket, because Direct is coming. Uh, Cresip is coming. Chef Special, Netsky. Andre Hazes. You probably don't know who that is. But he is the icon of Dutch music. Uh, Paul Kalkbakers, Kenningston, and Danny Vera. So if you are a person that likes a lot of variety of music, not just metal, I'd recommend going there. Yeah, if you want, I mean, for the the states, um, the last big tour, the last big festival of the states is uh, Welcome to Rockville, which used to be held in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, but they're moving it this year down uh, ninety miles down to a Daytona. They're going to actually have it at Daytona International Speedway, which is um, a big NASCAR track. It's a big two and a half mile oval track with a Big ass infield in it, so it's it's got room to hold a lot of people. And if they actually open the stands up, it can hold two hundred thousand. If they actually open the stands up, I just discovered what? something. What's that? Well, Roadburn is coming back. So Roadburn Festival is a Dutch festival. It's an uh, it's an, okay. I'm gonna write this. I'm gonna explain the scene to you. Yeah, it's not common to run across a boutique of heavy metal festival. But then again, nothing about a two-decade-old Roadburn festival is run off the mill. Held in the Dutch city of Tilburg, Roadburn genre's boundaries-pushing lineup asks festives to redefine their definition of heavy, taking place in early spring. 4,000 attendees a day come to bang heads with three-quarters of the crowds from outside of the Nile. And the lineup is not bad so far. So we got Death Bells coming. We got uh, Dust Mountain. Is coming, emptiness is coming, gold is coming, a haunted plasma is coming, interim arma is coming, Jonathan Holton is coming, uh, we got many blessings coming, like we got a lot of names that people don't know, but definitely if you have the money for it, go for it because this festival for the price is so worth it. Feels like a good time. But back to what I was uh, talking about with uh, Welcome to Rockville is Welcome to Rockville this year. They're doing four dates, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, Metallica is headlining two of the days. They're headlining Friday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. So, but what I like, I'm sitting here looking at the lineup now and it's got, it's got a lot of heavy. It's got a lot of alternative. <clears throat> Excuse me. Very sorry for that. But let's put it to you this way. The Sunday show, the top three headliners are Mudvayne. Metallica and Leonard Skinner. That's not bad, actually. 
Yes, but so you also got uh, Rob Zombie's going to be here. Social Distortion is going to be here. Cypress Hill is going to be here. Ooh, uh, Dis- yes. Disturbed, uh, Offspring, Gwar, uh, Asking Alexandria, Atreyu, uh, Fever 333, uh, Stone Temple Pilots. So uh, Hyro the Hero is going to be there. Alien Weaponry is going to be there. So it's uh, Code Orange is going to be there too. Oh, Code Orange! So, so, so for people who don't know Code Orange, and again, I go back to the wrestling thing. Code Orange are the people who make the song for the Fiends. They've also They'll done one of the songs, They've also done one of the theme songs for uh, in one of the NXT takeovers. Oh, which one was it? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't. But they actually brought them in to to perform it live. Oh, that's cool. That is actually fucking dope. Yeah. That's so, actually yeah, they're, fucking they're, dope. They're big, big wrestling fans. Uh, Hunter is very big, big, big fans of them. Uh, Nita Strauss, the uh, gut- female guitarist for uh, Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also a big wrestling fan. She's done uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's um, entrance at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the um, oh, what's the name of it? They, they gave it a specific name. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I, I can't even tell you the name of it. I just know it is Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song. <laughs> Nakamura. The Rising Sun. Rising Sun. Rising Sun. Makes, it makes sense. He's from Japan. <laughs> How stereotype, am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, 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 went, they went straight stereotype with that. Yeah, they did. Vince McMahon is very big on stereotyping he things. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think we have a lot of nice festivals still coming up. I know, there's still... We expect more, usually. Like, there is normally a fuck ton normally around this time of year. Sadly, oh, of course, yeah. due to COVID, there's still a lot of ones that are not anymore sadly on this planet a lot of festivals have also closed down completely because financially they can't afford it yeah, which is sad like, I mean, it really is because I mean, it's like sad. what i love what i've always loved about festivals especially i mean the european the u.s festivals the festivals were a way to really introduce younger bands or bands that were just up and coming yeah because they get they, they get exposure because you like you've got all the fans of the big bands that are coming up you know after them that you know, are all of a sudden being exposed to these bands they've never heard of. I don't know how many bands I've discovered at shows I've been to just from the opening acts because I'd never heard of them before. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there's a lot of bands. For example, I would have never figured out Muse if it wasn't for Pink Pop. I would have never discovered Muse. Hands down. I adore Muse. It's very alternative. Don't get me wrong. Muse is super alternative. But it's such a nice band. But again, it comes down. A lot of bands get discovered through festivals. So many bands. So many yep. things that could be like considered amazing later on down the line. Yeah, it's like uh, I mean the the Mayhem Festival, which uh, God, I cannot get my just catch out of my throat. The Mayhem Festival, which ran from like 2007 through 2014, 2015 here in the states. Uh, Five Finger Death Punch was just really starting out when Mayhem kicked on, and they um, they started off uh, early, early on one of the side stages that played at like two o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then seven years later they were the headliner. Huh. They they went from playing in the parking lot to their full pyro show on the main stage. And I mean, it's like I mean that's just how it is. It's just you know that. The the Mayhem Festival really gave Five Finger Death Punch a chance to yeah, show exactly. who they were, exactly. and they came back just with their music and everything, and just exploded. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ozzy, 
Ozfest did it with Slipknot. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think it's really interesting. But also, uh, we got some upcoming albums soon. With some names that you might know, some names you don't. So I'm looking at the album list for this this month. All right. Uh, we got Pagan Rights coming with a new uh, band, new album. We got Power Wolf coming with an album. Call of the Wild. Which I'm actually excited about. I, I love Power Wolf. I think it's a great melancholy metal band. Um, we got coming up four with another uh, new, uh, new, what is he? Yeah, it's not a full length album. Uh, we got Mastodon coming with a single called Fallen Tortures. And what oh, else we got coming up? We got Flash Crawler coming with a demo. Mastering Flash, it's called. Coming on the 22nd of July. Uh, Compost is coming with a new full uh, album. Like, there's a lot of albums coming out. Like, this is absurdly high numbers for the month of July. Oh. Is... That is... I'm sitting here looking at... Uh, if you, sorry for the barking in the background. My dog found somebody outside. <laughs> uh, it looks like... Ginger's got a new... Is it? That's either a new album or a single coming out next month. Uh, in July? Oh. In August? Yeah, August 27th. Wallflowers. 22nd August. That's yes, 7th. 27th? 27? Okay. 27th. Coming out through Napalm Records. I am looking on the official list right now. That's an album. That's an album. Okay, that is a full album. That's a full album. Ginger is coming with a new album on the 27th of August. That is fucking dope. Also, for people that are listening to our podcast, we're trying to do this weekly or bi-weekly if possible. You're going to hear music in the background. Most music you're going to hear in the back is from Nuclear Blast. Because I have a full license for it. If you guys are ever interested in any of the music, feel free to ask. You can ask us on Discord, on Twitter. You can ask you can ask me on uh, Twitter at, at @whoraymfshawn, or you can ask Blinder. What is your what is your handle again, uh, Blinder? It's uh, Sight Blinder, just spelled without an I in sight. It's S G H T B L I N D E R. You can always ask us anything there if you have any questions about metal or anything. We have a Discord. You can hang out hang out with us there as well. We will also be looking in making probably video format videos as well with actual lineup pictures and everything and videos if you are like interested in that kind of stuff. Um, my name is Sham. I'm done for the day. I think Blinder is also uh, at the stage of I need more alcohol at this stage. No, I need water. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's not something you hear a metal hat say often. <laughs> Remember, guys. If you do stay... US festivals, it is. <laughs> <laughs> stay metal. Make sure they're open hands and no sharp elbows. I'll see you guys next week. Peace out, everybody.